You're listening to a live recording at one of our midweek services here at Cornerstone Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. We want to thank you so much for picking up these audio recordings. We believe that they will be a blessing to your life. In this installment of Faith on Fire, pastors Brandon and Tara Spiker want to talk to you all about developing your faith. We hope you're ready for this awesome word. Let's ignite our faith. But tonight we're going to talk about um, developing faith, developing faith. Now, let me tell you something. When you're doing the study of faith, a lot of things sort of, if you're not uh, careful, will come redundant to you. And the minute it becomes starts to get old to you, it's because it's an indication that you don't have a revelation of it yet. All right. If it becomes redundant to you, you hadn't grasp of the revelation of it but faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what the word of God so the more you hear it the more revelation is beginning to rise on you so you'll hear us use a lot of the same scripture uh however that's a little better uh I can see now (laughs) we got these new lights and they really work thank God for brother broom back there I, don't, I'm, I have to pray the prayer of faith when I get done because I won't be able to see but <laughs> from the lights. But thank God that we got good lights and uh, you can see us. But So you're going to hear a lot of the same scriptures, but with, we'll, the, you'll get a new revelation every time. Amen? So Hebrews uh, chapter 12, Bishop uh, spoke on this. Uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore we are seeing also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Somebody say every weight. Every weight. And the sin which doth so e- which doeth so easily beset us. Now, let, let me give you a little revelation here. When you see the word sin, a lot of people think uh, sipping, cussing, and dipping. You know. All right, that that that's that's their revelation of sin. But the Bible actually talks about anything that causes you from missing the mark or fulfilling your purpose in life is sin in your life. Anything that is a barrier or stopping you from fulfilling or occupying your time that causes you to delay in your purpose or walk in your purpose is sin. Okay. So, so uh, anything can become a sin if it is causing you to live a life of procrastination from walking into... It's not that the thing sin, it's that you make it sin. Did, Did you hear what I said? Is that did that hit you right there? And you can make it sin when it becomes a God in your life. Amen. So let us lay aside every weight and the distractions is what it's saying, which do so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, this is the important verse here. Looking unto Jesus, the author of. And the finisher of our what? Faith. 
For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, in this particular scripture here, now, in people's minds, they automatically think right hand of God, that that is actually, they see someone sitting in the, in the center, they see someone sitting on the right hand. That is actually a misinterpretation or a misconception of what is actually taking place here. Because any time in the word where it refers to a right hand, it is referring to the scepter that a king would rule with in his, in his kingdom. So anytime it talks about right hand of God, it is referring to a scepter or the ruling of a king. Okay? It's not talking about a separate individual. It's talking about the scepter of that king. He rules with his scepter. So he, what he's saying here, he said at the right, his scepter really is there at his right hand of the throne, which is his ability to rule or to, or to declare something in your life or in the earth. Okay, did you get a revelation of that there? Okay, everybody understand what I said? Wave your hand if you understood what I said. Great, fantastic. We can move forward. Verse 3 here. For consider him that endured uh, such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest she be wearied and faint in your minds. Now, verse. go back to verse 2 here. Okay. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17 in the Amplified Bible. Okay, listen it. So faith cometh by hearing. Everybody shout hearing. hearing. What is told and what is heard comes by preaching. The of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. So, so what we have to understand is that according to Hebrews 12, 2, Jesus is actually the developer of your faith. He is the author and the finisher of it. So the deeper revelation that you have in Jesus, the deeper level of faith you'll be able to walk in and to operate in to receive what God has for your life. So, so what we have to do is we really have to receive Jesus as the developer of our faith. And then we have to understand that here we go. Romans chapter 10 verse 2. That faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God comes the preaching of the message. So what is the word? The Bible declares that Jesus was what the word made flesh. So the more I get the word on the inside of me, the more my faith is developed. The more you get the word on the inside of you, the more you get Jesus. Amen. Did you hear what I said? The more you get a revelation of him, the more you get an understanding of him. Okay, uh, I, the more you understand that really he's the author, the finisher, the beginning, the end and everything in between. There is nothing outside of Christ. Okay, there's nothing. There's nothing else outside of him. In him is everything. It is the fullness of everything in Christ. 
So we have to get a revelation of who Christ is as and as we get a revelation of who he is, we begin to have confidence in his ability to do miracles, signs, wonders in our life. Now, you heard me say this. Faith and confidence are one in the same. How many of you got you're confident about your work? Okay, you got confidence. So if you've got confidence or trust fully relying on Christ, you've got faith in Christ. Okay, when you've got faith in Christ, that is when your faith is developed and going to another level. Then as you put your faith on the line, God will also develop your faith to receive what you are asking for. Okay. now let me say this and I'm I'm, going to get the more you use your faith. The more your faith increases. Okay, faith not only comes from God's word, but it grows by God's word. And without a continuous intake of the word of God, your faith never grows. So what you got to understand is that when you accepted Christ into your heart and you were baptized in the name, that was not the end. That was the beginning of the revelation of Christ. There is a deeper revelation of Christ, who is the developer of your faith. That God shows you in increments. All right. Because if he showed you everything, you couldn't handle it. Think about this. If the God of heavens touches you in a profound way, it's even a miracle that you survive it. Did you hear what I said? So he gives us pieces. He feeds us pieces so that we grow and mature. And we increase. But the only way to get more of him is to get more of the word on the inside of you. So in order to do that, you have to have a constant intake of the word of God in your life. That's good. Along the the lines of Jesus being the developer of our faith. If we think about it, if you were to go to an unbeliever and say, have faith. What do they have faith in? But sometimes I think when we're believing for something so hard, we can almost make an idol out of the thing that we're believing for because we're so consumed with the thing. But when we get consumed with Jesus, that thing that we're praying for, it becomes an easier thing. It's not like, oh, it's not consuming our mind over everything. But if you were to go to an unbeliever and just say, have faith, they don't know what to have faith in. So like Brandon was saying, it's Jesus. If you look at the story, if you go in the Old Testament, you look at Elijah when he defeats the prophets of Baal. He says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. He, he first stated who God was, and he said, I'm your servant. And then that's when it da- came down with the fire. I mean, he was, he was pretty much out there. Everybody knows the story of Elijah called down fire. But he, he recognized who God was. And I think we have to apply who God is to our situation to have faith. Otherwise, what are we having so faith good. in? It's just blowing with the wind. 
It's who God is. If we are captivated by his glory, his goodness, his grace, his mercy, knowing this. that he is good, we are his kid and we are about his business. That's why we can have faith because we are called to get things done. Amen. We got a kingdom. Per- we got yes. a kingdom purpose. We have a mission. We have an assignment and it's all for his glory. So we're on that mission. So we know that we're called and we know we're his kids so we can speak confidently. Otherwise, we're just like, man, I'm just believing for that thing. And it's I'm just believing for it. And it's all we think about. We are captivated by Jesus. And he takes care of us. Amen. And I'll, I'll tell you this. And, and I don't mean this condescending or in a bad way, but most most believers in churches don't even know who Christ really is. They do not have a revelation of it. They they live their salvation or their relationship is through another person's relationship. But they do not have a personal relationship on their own with them. They have never met their maker. They have never received him and never been baptized in his name. They have never had an encounter with God. So therefore, their relationship with God is through their pastor, through their preacher, through their mother, through their grandma. And they only go by what they've been told about who he is, but never really found out who he is themselves. Say that. And and here's the thing. They are, man, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I feel it. I'll feel it in these new shoes right here. <laughs> feel it. Feel the fire in these Jordans. They, they have learned the behavior of Christianism. They know how to sing. They know how to shout. They know how to sing about him. Matter of fact, he said, matter of fact, he said, you, you, you tell people about me. You, you talk about me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Oh, this is only for grown folk here tonight. You, you have to have an encounter with God yourself. You got to know who he is. He, he was your grandmother's savior, but is he your savior? That's good. Is he your redeemer? Is he your way maker? He, he, you've, seen, you've heard him about healing everybody else. But have you gave him the opportunity? Do you have the faith in him for him to give you a miracle and be a way maker for you? So we got a lot of people that are shouting based on somebody else's relationship. Praise God. Glory to God. And we feel the hype when really... We don't know. He, we, we feel all the hype and we feel all the goosebumps and all things like that. And we think that that's a move of God when really a move of God is when you get a revelation of who he really is in your life. Yes. Because let me tell you something, when you get a revelation of who he is and what he's done, you ain't nothing going to keep you down. That's right. And you ain't going to you ain't going to run with your tail tucked between your legs either. You ain't going when you get a revelation of who Christ is. And I mean, you're saved for real. For real. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? When you get when you get saved for real. 
I'll tell you this. I, I need to hurry because I only own my first point. You know, I had a relationship with the Lord, and, and I'm not disqualifying my early years. But in 2000, uh, 2008 or no, 2009, I was going through a crisis mentally, just burnt out. I preached 300 meetings that year, was wore out, just exhausted, and actually got up one night in a meeting and just ripped everybody. I mean, I was almost a nervous breakdown. And um, after that, I quit traveling for about a month. I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I was like, I'm done with church folk, too, kind of thing. And uh, I ended up feeling better and sort of feeling better and doing a lot of things. And the Lord spoke to me and pressed on me to, to do a series of meetings. And at first, I was hesitant and fighting it. And, but he just kept pressing me. I mean, I was still hearing God and all those things and, and different things. And one day I'm going to we'll do a series on how to hear the voice of God. Um, but I was hearing the Lord and, and, and different things like that. But really impressed me. And I was really just going by faith because I sure wasn't feeling anything. You could stab me with a knife. But the Monday night, of the, the first night of the conference was packed out. God moved in a powerful way. People, the second night was our lowest night from there on out. The revival actually turned into like eight weeks. Every single night was packed out the capacity. People were showing up two hours early to get in the building. And But that Monday night, I had a, literally a vision in the service. And when I had this vision, I saw this figure in this in this robe in front of me and and from behind him it was like light was shining beams come it happened to me right in the service coming out of and every time he'd moved the garments on him would change colors like a rainbow change colors and uh now you might think i'm crazy or i'm out of my mind i'm not i'm just out of your mind okay And and I was there and I reached out my hand or he reached out his hand to me. This figure reached out his hand, their hand to me and my flesh was pulling away like this. But it was like my flesh was fighting. I was trembling and scared to death. That's why when people say, oh, I've seen an angel or Jesus, I'm and they, they tell me I'm like, well, let me tell you something. If you ever really see him, you ain't going to be sitting there like, oh, nice to see you. <laughs> Matter of fact, you're going to be scared. Fear is going to come. The fear of the Lord. You think Jesus Christ walks in a room right now. Ain't none of us going to be standing there talking. Matter of fact, you're going to be shaking, scared for your life because that is you'll be so close to eternity. You can't even imagine it. I was literally, my flesh was screaming, scared to death. I knew I was about to die. Is what my flesh thought. But it was like the Spirit of God within me kept pushing me forward. And when I grabbed His hand, it was like, 
He stepped in on the inside of me. And when he stepped in on the inside of me, I literally was shaking for two days straight. I didn't get this little fall on the ground, get up and 20 seconds later and walk out the same way I came in. I shaked for two days under the power of God. They, they had to carry me out of that service, and here I am the preacher. They carried me out. I was shaking in that sir in the car all the way. They took me, laid me in my bed, and all night I was shaking like this. I, I, I just couldn't couldn't do anything. Just shaking. Shaking, shaking. And I'm the next morning I'm still shaking, but I've got my barons back together. And I open to the book of Revelation where it says, where it says that his garments are like rainbows. He who sits on the throne. And I knew right there I had had an encounter with Jesus. Now, let me tell you something. When I had that encounter with him, I knew who he was. And it was like God instantly downloaded revelation in me that no one could teach me. Because some things cannot be taught. They can only be caught. And, and, and that revelation, and, and that's the problem. Or that's the, really the answer. We need people to get a revelation of Christ and to have encounters. And the thing about it is, we never get hungry for that because we're already always worried about what other people are going to think. I mean, you look at the book of Acts. I mean, they had some pretty radical experiences. I mean, they, I mean... I don't know, just transfigured from one place to another. I mean, how many of you know that's pretty radical? You, you, you walk in the bathroom here and then you end up in another country. I mean, that's pretty radical, isn't it? Well, that happened to Philip, right? You know, but and a lot of people have kind of created the mindset, well, that died with the early church. It's not died because the book of Acts is still being written today. You, 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 you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing about it is, we don't get hungry for the demonstration. That's a real sign, wonder, and miracle. And we don't want to be put into a certain, you know, oh, those people are crazy. I don't care what, I have no reputation. It's his reputation. The minute you stop worrying about what other people think, you get out of your head and get in your spirit and start hungering and thirsting after righteousness, the Bible says he'll fill you. And when you get encounter with God, there's some things that are going to radically change in your life that you'll never go back to. One of them will be fear. You'll never go back to fear. You ain't going to be worried about nothing. Because you like, I already met him. And I already know what heaven's like. Did you hear what I said? But you got to, we have to get hungry and thirsty for that. But our faith has to be developed for that. We got to get a revelation of him. Anything you want to add to that? Well, just along those lines, you know, to be hungry for the presence of God, because like Brandon was saying, when you have that encounter, you don't really like I'm not saying to be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. But when you have that encounter, you can't live life normal afterwards. When I got saved, I didn't really have like a, a church community at that time. 
it's a long story, but I was 20 years old, and I was sitting in a church, uh, maybe like, it was probably like one more row than this, and I was sitting probably somewhere back where David and Pam were, are somewhere back there, and the lady said, if you'd like to speak in tongues, come down here, and I didn't even know what tongues was. I never even, I mean, I'd seen it in the Bible, but I didn't know anything about it, and I thought, I'm not going up there. I'm actually, I'm not the kind of person that wants to be in front, so I'm like, I'm definitely not going up there, and don't you know, I was sitting there, and it was like liquid fire. I start shaking, like, ooh, I mean, like, lightning bolts, and then I'm just speaking in tongues, and they drag, so I didn't want to come up front, but I was, <laughs> they dragged me up front, and I continued to come back to her, this lady's meeting, she was a prophet, very powerful prophet, and she would just prophesy over me every night, how Brandon was saying the presence of God was on him, I didn't have an open vision or anything like that, but that touch, that touch, but I was so hungry, when you get saved, you're, you know, you, you come from a, uh, the world that you're just, all you know is the world, that's all you know, you know, party and you know, all that, and then you come in an environment like this, and you feel the love amongst believers, or even my first experience was a Bible study, and I was like, what is this? This is different than anything I've ever experienced, and you feel that touch. You can't go and just accept everything. Then you know this is not my daily bread. Sickness is not my daily bread. Poverty is not my daily bread. This is not my daily bread. Yeah. And I kept coming back to those meetings, and she was prophesying over me. And then immediately I began to reach out to other people because I just it was so real to me. I mean, I would just shake in my room, and I didn't even know what it was. I didn't really tell anybody because I thought everybody's going to think I'm weird. I'm at home shaking when I'm praying. And then I, this person, I see him evangelizing. He invites me to this church. I'm sitting in the back. Again, this pastor starts preaching on the anointing, and by that time, I'm like spaghetti in my seat. I mean, I'm like liquid, like fire. Like I had never, I'm like, that's what I've been experiencing. That's what I had gotten filled with the Holy Ghost before I even knew what the Holy Ghost was. But do we come with expectancy every day, every service we attend, every morning that we wake up, that knowing that God's presence is with us? When you have that, and if you haven't had yes. an encounter, because, you know, I understand. Look, some people raised in church, maybe they never had that encounter, you know? And then maybe some people have, but I'm not trying to say to go back to the past. You don't want to try to relive a season. I'm not every day trying to get back to that season because I know I got things to do as well. But are we crying out for the presence of God every service that we come in? Are we truly closing our eyes, lifting our hands to Jesus and knowing that he can fill us? Because that faith that we can get in that moment is more than we can get through 10 counseling sessions. Somebody saying, come here, brother or sister. Let me help you. Let me charge your faith. Let me inject you with some faith. I'm, no, I'm going to get you this time. I really, we going to fill you up today. What Jesus can do in that one moment, I know it can be in your room, but there's also a corporate anointing that we come together when two or three are gathering that you can draw on that thing, truly focus, truly allow the Lord to burn it all out. He can do a miracle any moment, but I'm telling you, when you have the, the, your brothers and sisters in Christ and everybody's lifting up the name of Jesus, it's an atmosphere for miracles. And whatever you're believing for, anytime you enter the building, press in for it. 
press in for it, not just a little touch. If you haven't had that experience, even tonight, press in for it. Every service you have, come and say, Lord, fill me. I want to feel your presence. I want to know you're with me. I mean, I feel him right now. Do you feel <laughs> You want to feel his presence, amen? He's, he's made us to crave his presence. And sometimes we get dry. We are so dry, we don't even know we're dry. But when he comes and fills you up, your cup is overflowing, then faith comes naturally. Like Brandon was saying, it's developed. You know how they talk about exercise. You can actually create an appetite for it or, you know, really. I haven't ever gotten there. I've never had. But with faith, I've gotten there. I don't, anything else is boring to me. If something comes my way, it doesn't line up with complete abundance, healing, whatever it is, whatever area. I'm looking at it like, this thing. This ain't going to be long because this thing's moving out. Amen. This thing's getting out of my way because I'm addicted to faith. And I don't know if that's the right word I want to use, but I crave faith because Jesus, when Jesus is inside your heart, you can't help it. The king lives inside your heart. So you can only operate in faith. The child of God can only operate in faith. Amen. Amen. And. You know, I, I'm going to say this. If you study the book of Acts, you will read that the growth of the church was contingent upon people encountering wow. the Holy Ghost. Right, Pastor George? They encountered the Holy Ghost and then they went out and it shared what they were encountered. The reason why the church has declined in America because nobody's sharing. The reason nobody's sharing because nobody don't know him. It's tight, but it's right. You you don't people only share their faith when they know that they know him. They, they, they have a relationship with him. And you could have something based off of religion, which is dead. And you could think you got a relationship when really you got religion. Did you hear? And then you find yourself just producing what religion produces, which is nothing. Oh, it's stinging. It's, it's growing you here. Growth, growing pains hurt. And anything living is growing. So if the church is not growing, it's because it's not living. And in Jesus is the true vine. So when you have a revelation of him, you're always growing. If you find yourself st- stagnant, you need to figure out which God you're serving. Did you hear what I said? He's the developer of your faith. He ever increasing faith. Your faith should always be ever increasing because you're always receiving from your source. You heard me talk about it last week. Your job shuts down tomorrow. The banks close. No money in them. Every cent gone. All your savings, all your investments, poof. Okay, what are you going to do?
Because it's happened before in the past, World War I, World War II, it ha- it's all happened, right? What are you going to do? Is your source your job? Is your source your investment? Is your source your 401k? Is your source your rental par- properties or whatever, any of that? None of that can be your source. They can only be tools. Christ has to be the source of everything in your life. Because if it all goes down the drain tomorrow in this nation, you've got to have faith in God, Jesus Christ, that He is going to get you through whatever would take place. Now, God forbid that ever happen, and we're not confessing that to happen, but our faith should be such at a level that if it happens, you and I are not going to run around like the rest of the world with a chicken with our head cut off. We're going to we're going to be in our right mind. We're going to be in our in our we're not going to be in our emotions and we're going to say it don't matter. Uh, The joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. The peace that I got, the favor that I got, the world didn't give it to me. The government didn't give it to me. Mama, daddy didn't give it to me. It doesn't matter what happens. I got it. I'm going to keep it no matter what happens in this world. That's why you you can't freak out about what's going on right now. If you know your source, you're not freaked out about it. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not freaked out. You can't freak out about it. Your source. Oh, I got the Lord. He's the developer of my faith. If he brings me to it, he'll bring me through it. He's the developer of my faith. Let me say this. I got 10 minutes. Is this helping y'all? Can I go 10 more minutes here? All right. So when we put our faith on the line, we have a revelation of Jesus who's the developer of our faith. But when we place our faith on the line, That's when God really develops our faith. Now, how do you put your faith on the line? Number one, you got to put the word of God first. Okay, you got to put the word of God first in your life. This has got to be your your roadmap. This has to be the manual. And I heard somebody say, uh, well, you know, I believe the Bible. I just don't take it literally. Okay, then you don't believe in the Bible. Because I, I take it literally. I take every word. Now, I know there are different, there are di- different interpretations. There's an Alexandrian te- interpretation that is a more spiritual side. I understand that. I've studied it for years. I ain't going into that tonight because we'd have to go through seminary school. Uh, I, go, and then you have the literal translation. I believe both. I believe everything in it. From the front to the back. And everything in between. So, so this, this has to be a part, this has got to be put first, and this has got to be what you base all your decisions and where you are going on. You got to put this first, because this, this is, Jesus was this made flesh. So to put this first is to put Christ first in your life. That's good right there. Number two, when you're putting your faith online, you got number one, put the word first. Number two, you got to meditate on it. You actually have to stop and think about what you're reading. And then apply it to your life. 
You want to say anything on this? Because I know. Yeah, and there's times that you, you can't trade what you don't know. You can't, when you go through something hard, let me read this because it's, it's hard to say, but it makes sense when I look at it. Don't trade what you don't know for what you do know. Because there will be times you will hit something that doesn't necessarily make sense in the natural. But you don't throw out everything you learned about God, everything you believe in God, every scripture because of a situation that doesn't make sense. Don't trade it. Just say, I'm putting this in this compartment. It doesn't make sense, but I'm acting in faith. Because like Brandon was saying, this there's a bigger picture to faith. If everything, if everything was taken away from us, our jobs, all of our security, there are people watching us as believers. Faith is more than just about me and you. It's about all the people that are watching us that see God in us yes. and how we handle things. So this is more about redemption of mankind than me just getting that car I want. I believe in prosperity 100%, but I believe it has a purpose. Because people, an example, can I give you a ride to church, but I don't have a car. See what I'm saying? But if I'm like, hey, man, bring your whole family. I got a bus I could take you. Abundance is like, I got enough for me and for the whole street. Does everybody want spaghetti tonight? I got enough spaghetti for this street and this street. It's for everybody. This when you realize that your faith is not just about you, and I'm sure everyone in here has had that revelation, but sometimes it's good to get that reminder. People are watching our faith in Jesus, and they might say no to Christ today. Maybe tomorrow they're going to say no, but when they hit that third bump, and they're at the end of their rope, look who they're turning to. They're coming to the man and woman of faith that they've seen around them that have handled that crisis. I'm not saying we're perfect. Like how Brandon said, you don't say, well, bless God, I'm everything. They see you go through stuff, but they see the faith rise up in you. And that will bring salvation to people around you. Amen. And let me tell you something. The world is watching how you handle this situation going on right now. They're watching you when you hide. They're watching you. They are watching. They're seeing where your faith is. Because if you're running and hiding like everybody else, you ain't got nothing that they don't have. And let me let, let me add something to you to this. And I refer back to what I was saying if everything was to go down. I'm not one of these people who believe in stocking up food for a hundred years. You want to know why? Because what are you gonna do when the whole neighborhood finds out you got all that food stocked up? They coming. <laughs> they're coming with after guns that and all. Because let me tell you something. When their babies are starving, they come in to fight. And let me tell you something. You ain't gonna have a you. They will let take the food and leave you starving. Because you ain't gonna be able to stop the whole neighborhood. I don't, I know we're in North Carolina. Everybody's got guns, but you ain't got enough guns. <laughs> when they find out you got a, a a basement full of food, they are coming. When they don't. So the food ain't going to save you. But your faith in God will. So when you're putting the word word first and you're meditating on the word, you're building the capacity for big faith. We are not. I got to hurry. We're not. We're not believing God for big enough things. 
God told me one time, he said, I said, I said he's concerning finance. I said, Lord, uh, or he said to me, he said, Brandon, what are, what are you believing me for? I said, I'm believing millions of dollars to bring in the end time harvest. He said, he said, you're aiming too low. I said, well, Lord, I'm believing for billions. He said, you're aiming too low. He said, it's time for the church to start believing for the money and start owning the banks that have the money. He said, stop believing me to get the money. He said, just own a bank. He said, and, and that's the level we, you know, somebody said, man, that's that's radical. We, that's where we got to take it to another step. We we're not going to get it done without trillions of dollars, but we've got to take our faith to the level where we own the banks. We own everything that influences everything political. So that we can push the narrative of Christ. That's good. We got to influence the schools. We've got to take over the schools. We've got to take over the banks. We've got to take over the parliaments. We've got to take. Well, the only way we're going to get there is radical faith to believe God for those things. Is that good? That, that's where it's got to be. No, the next one is you got to act on the word. It's not enough to put it first and just meditate on it. You've actually got the faith without works is what? Dead. Faith begins to grow when the word becomes a vital part of your daily conduct in our daily speech. So we have to speak the word on a daily basis and we have to walk out that word on a daily basis. It's not enough to read it. It's not enough to read your little devotional every morning while you're on the toilet. You, you have got to act on the word of God. Amen. I'm trying to get through this because I got a, we got a lot to go over. Now, now listen to this. When faith begins to grow, Satan's dominion begins to wane and circumstances begin to lose their force over our lives. So the more your faith grows, the more the devil's dominion in your life or in your family or in your community begins to lessen more faith less fear more faith less attacks more faith let let less of the little things messing up big things you got to take your we have to take our faith up and we got to act on the word and then these last two things and I'll, I'll let her say them and we got one minute and you got to decide these two very important things tonight. This is what you got to decide. Number one, you're going to live by faith. Not by blue cross, blue shield. You got the old rugged cross and the shield of faith. Did you, did you hear what I said? You, you got to live. The just shall live by faith. Are you still with me? The just shall live by faith and you you got to live a life of love because without love, faith doesn't even work. You got to love God and love people. Love God and love people. Amen. Anything you want to say? Brother Al.
It's radical, but things can change in a moment. Just as quickly as you can flip a coin, God can change situations in a moment. We went to Psychic Karate yesterday, and Brandon is laughing so hard at our son Isaac. And I said, what are you laughing at? He said, because he acts like a black belt. It was his maybe second, second day. <laughs> and, and you know what I thought? I thought, faith it till you make it. You heard that before? Yeah. Faith it till you make it. Not fake it. Faith, faith it, it till you make it. Sometimes you show up at a scenario and it looks way bigger. You might think it's out of your league, but it's not out of God's league. Amen? So you got to show up with that confidence like that black belt before you before you've attained it in the natural you're already there in the spiritual we're already seated in heavenly places you already got the victory when you show up with that black belt so just to have that mentality i'm going to faith it till i make it you don't have to look surprised or shocked or you just look like i got this i got it i got my black belt <laughs> and, and i i said that laughingly and I know it sounds funny as the second time, but he is convinced with all confidence that he is like good. <laughs> He's convinced. He wants to show everybody else's moves. I'm like, baby, you gotta wait till you, they got some moves in there. <laughs> no, but he's convinced in his faith. I feel God right now. Are you convinced in your faith? He's fully persuaded. Are you fully persuaded that he who begun a good work is faithful to finish it? I'm fully persuaded in my faith that God will protect me, protect my family against a virus, against anything. Even when others, it seems like they're, the numbers are climbing and people are stepping into it and turning. I am fully persuaded. Are you fully persuaded tonight? Do you have confidence he's going to keep you? He's a keeper, Pastor Demeter. He said he'll keep you. Are you fully persuaded that he'll heal you, restore your marriage, give you the wife you're believing for? Are you fully persuaded that he'll he'll work? You got to be fully with all boldness persuaded that he is not a man that he should lie. He said the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Are you fully persuaded of it? He's going to take care of you because you are his child and an out the apple of his eye. And I feel him here tonight. To trust him. Wow, what a powerful word from pastors Brandon and Tara Spiker. If you've been blessed by this word, we want to encourage you to head over to mycornerstone.church or the Church Center app where you can share your testimony with us. We'd love to hear it. You can also send in your prayer requests. And we also want to encourage you to sow into this ministry so that we can continue to reach people all around the world. 
While you're there, you can also keep up on all of our upcoming events happening here at Cornerstone. Be sure to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m., Wednesdays at 7 p.m., or on Saturdays at 6 p.m. for our Spanish service. Your family is always welcome here. We love you. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.